0: Scotty, you know what my parents used to tell me, both my mom and my dad, they used to say, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, just don't say nothing at all. They didn't actually say that because neither of them spoke like that. But there's that great phrase, if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing. And I think that, that some of these life lessons we receive when we're young can even be applied when we're older.
1: You're right, first of all, my parents said that as well. There are certain phrases, aren't there, that parents everywhere always use? I think that's one of them. I mean, all the parents I've met say anyway, so that's one of them. Um, this obsession with people losing their eyes is another one oh yeah <laughs> um, whenever you when you ever pick up anything long you'll have somebody's eye out with that. have you ever known anybody lose an eye through any implement you've ever had John, no or you
0: know people have had both both my parents were doctors but one of the funniest things of of of, of dinner table conversation would be my mom she would come home and we, we, there was this thing called mad libs which is like this kid's game that you would play in a car you'd fill in the blanks and create this funny story so the person who's reading the story or was composing the story would ask the another person for an adjective or an adverb or a noun and it got to be the point where we would do that about about what our mom saw at the end in the work today i've seen far too many fill in the blanks which would be accidents involving implement a in orifice b or body <laughs> part c we put them together it got to be a little bit crazy but you know the sad thing is is that you know you end up becoming your parents and parroting those same phrases and in fact i am now reminded of an eighth grade teacher i had who once said to to uh, another student. I don't think she could possibly get away with saying that in today's more sensitive times. But she said to the guy whose name's Snapper, that was a nickname, she said, Snapper, ain't nobody knows how ignorant you is until you open up your mouth. So I suggest you keep it shut. And she did speak like that because this was in North Carolina. <laughs> and I thought that was great. And, 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 the, and, and one might ask, why are you bringing up these memories? But the reason is is because I, I'm inspired by this by Marcus Zara's uh, blog post, uh, which I find very interesting and which we were going to talk about today, now weren't we?
1: We are. There's a link in the show notes. The blog post is called uh, The Dangers of Misinformation. You'll find it on the Martian Craft blog at martiancraft.com. Uh, it's by Marcus Zara and it was published on the 25th of February. Um, so, if you are not on the show notes and you want to go find out what to wear and I love the graphic at the top as well. Yeah. But anyway, John, tell us a little bit about this article and, and what it was that um, attracted to you at first, and then we'll uh, we'll see
0: where we go. Well, went. it's it's interesting because it, it's basically about about in my way of taking it, it's, it's about the, the the art and craft of software development in, in the in the post Google world because. You and I are both old enough to remember what it was like having to to solve a software problem where you you may have had some printed manuals, you may have had some digital stuff, but that came on a CD. The, you know, public commercial internet connections were 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 fairly rare. That you couldn't just basically you know copy and paste an error code. And then come up with with five different Stack Overflow you know articles or blog posts explaining what the error is, why the error was, how to solve it, or being able to say how do I you know do X in, in in a particular language and see the results of it. So that is is a very wonderful thing. It means that you can you can get code up and running a lot more quickly. The problem is 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 that if somebody inserts something that's just plainly either plainly woefully ignorantly wrong, or more more probably more commonly the case a bit of code that kind of barely exercises one part of it, but is sloppy in other parts and makes very common mistakes, those mistakes get replicated over and over and over again. And Marcus, who is, you know, widely recognized, super expert about core data, I don't know think that there's anyone outside of Apple that knows more about core data than him, maybe even within Apple. Um, and that's that's his expertise, he's written books about it, he's given all sorts of lectures, so I, I think it's pretty safe to say that, that he knows the right way and the wrong way to do certain things with, with, with core data, as an example. And and he oftentimes, he says, he talks about going through and trying to trace the origins of mistaken code that he sees. And he traces them back in some cases to, to printed published books or upvoted stack overflow responses. And he says, the problem is, is that the people who, who who post these things, on the one hand, it's very nice that they're willing to do it. On the other hand, you kind of have a responsibility if if you do something to to, to make it very clear that, that this is not, you know, the be all end all solution, but that this is, you know, you've had this problem, you've tried something, this is what you've tried. Not that this is not that this is the solution, and and he basically in a way he 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 kind of puts the the onus on the person about saying that you know if you're not sure better not to say anything, which is why I made the the reference to you know if you've got nothing nice to say don't say anything. Which is slightly different, but it, it begs an interesting question because on the one hand that I I completely agree with it. On the other hand, there's the great kind of uh, phrase caveat emptor, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, but essentially is always translated as buyer beware and i would like to know how to say in latin you know copy code copier and paster beware because i also think that that the, the, you know the, the onus should be on the person who's taking this this great shortcut that is available but using it irresponsibly and yeah copy and pasting code from anywhere and then and perpetuating a bunch of mistakes so a fascinating article but but that does you know require this discussion who's responsible
1: yeah i mean that's i think that's um it fasts off a whole bunch of questions, doesn't it, about our community and about this whole um, information age. And, and the trouble is, as well, it's not just um, uh, that. It's that the fact that the articles do sometimes articles are perfectly valid and then still go out of date, which is another issue as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of just briefly touched on in this one, but it, it, it's a little bit less other than going back and, and marking them as such. But you know, you we we joke, don't we, regularly about how many apps are out there that are sort of ninety percent stack overflow, <laughs> um, command C, command yeah. V. Um, I, I think, you know, just to give an example, one of the the, the obvious ones that Marcus points out quite early in um, his article is, you know, we all write code, example code, where we don't do any error handling. Mm. And, and we'll always use the excuse that, um, you know, the error handling will... Um, clog up the code because you know we, we, we know, you know 20%, 30%, 50%, 80%, I don't know, well, it depends on the language maybe or the framework you know, of your code is going to be handling when things go wrong, and it actually sometimes does obscure the bit of code that works when you go right. Um, however, if you're just doing that and then someone is cut and pasting this code, it's obvious all over the place where there's lots of calls into core call data as Mark's example, where you know there is just nothing being passed in the error parameter, that um, coordinator needs to use to pass back errors. Uh, therefore, effectively the apps are having no error checking. Now, you know, is that a problem with the person who wrote the article who is now propagating bad practice? Uh, Marcus makes uh, an argument that you shouldn't propagate bad practice, you should propagate good practice if you're going to put stuff down. Um, Or is the problem with the person who just blindly copies the code and doesn't bother to understand it or realise that, you know, this is not the point of this article, therefore this bit may or may not be right? And um, I think my initial answer is a bit of both. I think, you know what it's like when you're trying to explain something and you suddenly realise when you're explaining it, you're not quite sure whether the people who are going to be hearing or, or, or... reading what you're saying are going to have enough background knowledge in this one area so you have to start expanding and then as you expand you realize that even that expansion requires some other background knowledge you have to expand again and there comes a point of where do you stop okay so you know if you take this to its total logical conclusion you know logical insanity you're going to be started by explaining to everyone you know what a what source code is, what a compiler is, what a linker is, what a programmer is, because you, you've you got to make no assumptions of any knowledge, and I, and, you, and obviously that's not going to work. So there has to be some level of assumption. Um, I think what has to be very clear, I think your responsibility maybe as a writer or as a share of information, is you should be very clear what those assumptions are. Um, so for example, if your, if your code contains no error handling... Because it really does get in the way. I don't think it always gets in the way. I think with a couple of lines of error handling code just to make it complete, that's fine. But if say it really does get away, you know, your article should explain in, in great big bold, bright red letters, you know, do not use this code in production as it does no error handling. And if you did so, you know, you will be smitten down <laughs> and left as smouldering boots by the you know the um the powers that be. You know, then because because otherwise you're um you know you're taking a responsibility for. Uh, for every piece of knowledge there is in the universe and whoever's reading it, and that's just not going to be possible. Yeah. However, equally, again, you know, when you're coming to read an article, and we're all guilty of this, come on, every single one of us has at some point, because we're in a hurry, we're trying to fix a bug, taken a... Um, a, a, a uh, Article or a piece of code from Stack Overflow and popped it in, it's worked. We've, we've maybe tied it up a little bit and we've moved on and, and thought, well, come back and sort that later. It's just, you know, and some of us will have a line of code of that, and some of us, our whole apps will be that, it will depend on who you are, I right guess. Um, and that's just really wrong. And one of the nice things, okay, I would rather have the world we're in now with things like Stack Overflow. Um, You know, when I started, it was mainframes, and you literally had the mainframe manual, which was, you know, as good as most reference manuals was absolutely useless for anything, Um, which meant to solve a problem, you really had to solve the problem. You really had to work everything through, and by the time you had a solution to the problem, you usually had a thorough understanding of the problem you just solved, um, and you'd learnt and grown quite a lot, and that's... That's why I think I'm going to say this. Um, okay, I know some amazingly smart people. Um, uh, people who are a thousand times cleverer than me, a thousand times better developers than me, um, and some of those are you know 18 years old, and some of those are 70 years old, and you know it is as a range. However, I do tend to find. So this is a huge generalization. Please, people, don't get upset. You know, I do tend to find that people. Um, who have been doing this for a long time 25 20 years plus people of our sort of age and upwards maybe maybe a little bit younger than us as well um because we had to go through that our general background understanding of of development is wider than a lot of other people a lot of people who come to it and just learn how to just program for the iphone for a book for example uh, and do it for a number of years because we had to go through those processes of understanding the general principles of what we were doing, and that's how we did problem solving. And that helps us to do to do other things. So when we can take all this massive information, and I'm not bigging this up here, I'm just I'm just saying this is a, a very generic thing. So when we can take this massive information, we can then maybe get to apply it into a context of thinking that maybe some people who have learned to program from Stack Overflow and whatever else don't do, and and, and that's partly where the danger is—is is this lack of context in which these this code is being used? Or, or am, I, am I just being a, a grumpy old man? No, I, I
0: I don't think I don't I don't think you are. I think that this is something similar in other domains. I think the same the, the same you know uh, observation could be made of of, of musicianship. You know, there's a difference between somebody who had to kind of learn the art and craft of playing a single instrument and learning and playing scales or playing rudiments. Before they were able to, or, and, and to play in, in actual ensembles with other people, versus you know somebody who who picks up something in in garage band, both can produce you know pleasant music or, or unpleasant music, but there's a very there's a difference. You know it's a similar said with lots of fields. Um, including construction. I'm sure that the people who are bagging away constructing, reconstructing your village as if it was just a, a Minecraft playing field, <laughs> there, are, there are those
1: that have... I have to warn you, I, I have an electrician in the house, I have a builder in the house, someone's just sent stuff to the printer just behind me. Um, the chances, you know, the, the, you know the, there's going to be so much background noise in this, and obviously there's a good chance... That, um, Playing with the electricity, that the whole uh, the whole thing could go out at any point. So if I disappear, John, it's because um, the it's the electrician's fault.
0: Okay, It's not because a, a you know a, a, a missile has landed in your backyard. But anyway, but you know, well, that- my house
1: does look like that. The amount of holes I'm currently <laughs> making in it. I'm just walking around saying to the builder, "I think we could do with a hole just there." That's what it feels like, and they put a hole there for me, and I haven't quite worked out what to do with it yet.
0: I think that what they said they they could be filming the opening sequence to Teletubbies too. At <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am, I, I am building Hobbiton in my house.
0: <laughs> anyway, back anyway, back to, to saying saying on. that I think that there is something to being having to to, to, to go through that experience, and and you know I, I think that the the flip side of that is that you know it's a new world we live in, um, but. I, I, I think the other point that, that that bears discussing in in this article is about you know building sample apps. I mean, I think that's that's the other thing. It's like when you had no choice, when there was no internet to do it, a lot of times you had no choice but to but to create a test program and and I say this till t- I'm blue it's like if I'm entering and doing something else I I actually create a, a, a brand new tester app um, I just find it mo- a lot easier because especially when you have a complicated app you're working on on a, on a new feature or a new something it's a lot easier to build a, a, a kind of a an independent class of whatever self to solve your problem especially if you're it involves a new framework let's say you're you're whatever, doing, v- doing video editing, and now you have to delve into AV, you know, uh, foundation framework, it's much easier to get started, to get to the entry point, to get the code and the, the context set up in a test program. The, the discipline of, of having to do that also then, if, if you then turn that into an article, you know, you're, you're, you're almost, and you're willing to put your name onto it as a complete program versus just a, a little snippet that goes in Stack Overflow one would hope that that, that causes you to, to kind of be a little bit more, uh, whatever, shamed, if no no other explanation, into kind of doing error handling, or if you're not going to do it, at least kind of, you know, actually passing in an actual NS error object, and maybe even logging the output of if there is, and putting a comment saying, you, you know, more sophisticated error handling here, or, or whatever, just going a little bit further. But the exercise of actually having to build a, a test case you know, Marcus says that, you know, that, that's step zero, that you can't complain about a framework not working or, or a class not working. If you're unwilling to do that, then magically the process of doing that, you, you become better at it. You have a, a great work product that you might share with someone else. And in the event where you do need to ask for help, whether it's, it's, you know, let's say through Apple DTS, um, you have what you need. I mean, I, I'm going through a, a, a rather lengthy, uh, 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 problem that I've been dealing with, with combining still images with with videos and AV foundation. And and this is a framework, which it's amazing. It's been around for a while. There's, there are in many ways, lots of lots of examples for, for combining multiple videos with some audio and, and, and exporting it and playing it back. It's a great framework. But there are precious few examples for for full frame still images, and and you know there are lots of example code that saying hey if you want to put a watermark on top of your video here's how to take an image load it into a layer include a layer in your composition. But if you wanted to do something like what you might do in Final Cut or, or iMovie where you can say you know here's some video and here's some animated image, and and go that there aren't any examples for it. And in fact I was just pulling my hair out and involving every other other smart person I know who has familiarity with this and saying hey. D- can you help me with this? And, and it, it was much easier and much more credible for me to be able to ask them if I said I've built this tester app. Here's the test case where you know this works, but this doesn't, and it's all set up so they can focus on the problem. They're in a much better position to help me. And then in the end, when I did you know submit an Apple you know developer tech support DTS uh, uh, request they were able to, to give, you know, to be able to say, aha, in fact, actually here is this thing that maybe is not well understood about the framework of, and, and so if you want to do still images in order to kind of hold on to the time in which is inserted, you have to include a dummy video. So this is not something. So I felt much better because I didn't feel like an idiot. It's like, I couldn't have known this. I couldn't have stumbled upon this. And they were, it was much easier for them to get in there, you know, get in there and, and help me. So I helped them help me. And so that's good. So, and, and but the problem of it is is that this has taken a long time. So it, it's a good thing that this is a you know kind of a, an evening weekend side project, mostly done for love. Um, that I, that I could take this long long time to be able to get the problem. But unfortunately, sometimes things just take time and in a world in a world where you have endless deadlines you know and and you're expected to iterate quickly unfortunately the the temptation to take shortcuts is is just too strong and and as a result you're you're getting a you're getting a lot more stuff but you're also getting a lot more poor quality stuff in the world
1: i mean i'm a big fan of doing sample apps but i don't do it as uh, as often as i should um and i pay for it every time um the reality is, when you when you break your problem out into a sample app, you are guaranteeing that the problem you think you have is the problem you have, yep. because you know nine times out of ten, um, for me anyway, you, you you start a new app and you uh, put the bit of code in, or you write the bit of code that you think is broken in the framework, um, and it just works, and that immediately tells you there's a different problem to what you thought you had. Um, whereas easily you could have spent you know uh you know three hours four hours five hours trying to you know debug this problem Uh, and people just assume it's you know we all do it we assume the compiler's got a problem we assume you know how many people you know used to say oh object um, object message is broken (laughs) i mean how many times do you um uh do do you see that so it's um uh so this actually the first thing is it proves you have a real problem the problem you think you have is there secondly if it does then show the problem you now have something as you say you can give to other people be that um friends or be that to apple or be that to whoever else that proves you have a problem because if the only thing it's doing is generating your problem or allows them to reeducate you quite simply without having to pile through tens of thousands of lines of code. Now certain things is quite difficult. So I can imagine your AV foundation problem, you know you still had to do a reasonably complex example in order to show what you were doing didn't work or write a reasonable amount of code. Now that takes a bit of effort and that's the problem. When you come from or you get into the I you know oh, let, let me show you what I think is a typical debugging session for many people. Um, and this is bad news oh, that doesn't work, that's an error code, Stack Overflow, error code, Bang. ah, there's the code, in it goes, oh, debugging's easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the moment it doesn't work, yeah, you people come back on Stack Overflow, they're quite cross that this didn't work for me, this is rubbish, yeah. can you make it better? Uh, um, yeah. you know, debugging, it, I often try to view it, it, Actually, I don't really get paid to write code, I get paid to fix code. When it's not working, that that's where the skill in our job really comes in is is being able to analyse the problem, work out what's going wrong, and fix it. That is that is probably the biggest skill we have as software engineers. Um, before that, it's it's you know it's it's using building blocks. None of us are doing really anything that is too um, different to anybody else. The outcome, the way we're using it might be, but it's just you know actually we're all doing the same thing. We're just putting pixels on the screen we're manipulating data in a file we're not doing anything anyone else is doing and yeah and our real skill is working out when we screwed up Uh, john i am just gonna have to take a pause because there's a miracle just happened okay a builder has just brought me a cup of tea
0: wow (laughs) the world has usually usually what ends up happening is the builder comes in it's like q r s what's that letter that comes after after s t oh t yes lovely i like one too please (laughs)
1: it's 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 a moment in history that we should go down on the uh, please please uh, 1644, <laughs> uh, 26th of uh, February two thousand. Honestly, get get uh, a builder brought a client a cup of tea. Get a, get, get,
0: get, get out your selfie stick and memorialise this moment. <laughs>
1: Well, I, it's probably them saying that I haven't been in the kitchen enough to make them to. I know
0: it's like we're shaming you. <laughs> well, but but and and on uh, speaking of shame, I think th- there is something to be said about humility. I mean, I'm often you know I, I'm asked if people who know me, kind of are, uh, people that knew me back in high school, for example, are are kind of amazed and, and almost floored that that I that I. You know, I, I I write code for a living. Not like going, Wow, I never would have imagined that. And and part of the and neither would have I, because everything was such a mystery and, and I thought it was, you know Software engineering was like the geekiest, nerdiest, most uninteresting thing, and then I, I came to actually love it when I realized it was expression of ideas, and writing code could could be a process just like you know composing music or, or writing prose. But I also, because I've went through the, the 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 humility phrase, which you know all engineers end up having to do, where they write stuff that's terrible, they write shitty code. It's just you go back, you look back at stuff you wrote a couple of years ago, and you like, God, I can't believe that and and but you have to or a couple of hours ago in my case yeah, exactly well me too sometimes <laughs> you know but it, you have to have a certain humility and, and i think that again that's another point that marcus breaks out and brings in it's like you know it, it's kind of arrogant to post it's like oh well this this framework is broken it's like no i don't think so you know? yeah sometimes it is but it's pretty damn rare and and it's kind of it's kind of insulting because you know apple Microsoft Google i mean people who who have engineering teams that are producing frameworks that are designed to be used they, they they have some rather skilled people and they they work rather hard at it and they're you know for you to come along and say oh it's totally broken it's like no <laughs> you don't have the right to say that and 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 if you are going to even suggest that you better come correct with it a, with a, with a provable repeatable case otherwise show some humility and 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 even that is just a language problem problems like you know that yeah you know, there is a great you know uh post out there and, and we should probably retrieve it but every now and then uh gets posted onto like the 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 coco dev mailing list it's like how to ask a question <laughs> and it, it bears repeating and it bears rereading just like you should reread the hig and remember what what your your your, your grandma told you about being polite every now and then you ought to just stop and, and remember these things and show a little humility end of public service announcement
1: I think, I think, John, it's, uh, I, I mean, people need to get this into their head, that if we just begin to shout, you know, it's broken, it's broken, and we don't do the, we, we don't behave as professionals. Now, first of all, it's, to just say it's broken, um, is, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a small child just, you know, having a tantrum. It really is no cleverer than that. I, I know that might offend people, but that's what it is. You know, we're professionals, we're engineers, we're scientists, whatever you want to call it, artists, it doesn't really matter. You know, We have a responsibility to prove things and, and to engineer things and demonstrate things. And nobody is going to um, take a look at something because you're telling them it's broken. What you have to do is demonstrate to them clearly that it is broken. Now, you might be saying, well, it's not my framework, it's not my job. Um, And in a certain extent, you are right. It's not your framework and it's not your job to have to do it. And and there should be a certain level of expectation of a certain amount of quality. Now, I guess it depends on who it's coming from. The frameworks that are in the OS from someone like Apple, you should have an expectation that on the whole, they work. If you've used a piece of open source code from uh, GitHub that you've just found, you should have no expectations at all. It's your responsibility to um, do due diligence on that code before using it in your project. Um, and to understand what that code is doing. and We've had that discussion before, and equally, Marcus is just as passionate about that. Mm. Um, I, I know as well. I don't 100% agree with him on everything he says, but I, I, I agree with the principles. So if you want someone to spend the time of listening to you and trying to fix the problem that you believe is there, you, you really do need to demonstrate it really is a problem, not just for you, but for other people. It's a generic problem. It's not just in if in, in, in your app in this way it's got a problem. You can repeat that in a different app. You can repeat that in different ways. And I think when you send an example like that to somebody, they are far more likely to have a look for first of all. If you just say, Oh, the code's broken Firstly they've no idea what you're talking about. If you just say, Oh the code's broken when you call this call again, you know, they wrote that call probably, it's you know it's it, what it works for me um if you send them an app they can run and they can see a crash they're engineers they're immediately going to that's going to annoy them that is going to annoy them and they're going to say oh i really need to find that because now they can see it's a problem uh, they can they can understand it's a problem they, they can now be engineers about it and so you know you it's to just shout something is broken, to expect it to be fixed straight away, to expect someone else to do all the work without you proving anything, it, it, it's unprofessional, basically, is um, is my view on it. Um, and so, and I think if we can change that culture to to treat each other with a little bit more professional respect in, in the way we handle errors, then we would actually find more errors being fixed quicker because the culture will be one where we actually wanted to as opposed to, oh, just get off my lawn and stop moaning at me.
0: Mm-hmm so i expect that one year on we'll be able to comb through stack overflow and just see you know a, a much improved landscape or not
1: <laughs> it, would be nice. it would be nice it would be
0: nice and if it, if that is the case we can take full credit or not
1: yeah why not yeah let's just take the credit it doesn't matter let's not be unprofessional let's just do it <laughs> well i think that's been an, an interesting discussion john so um that's been a uh that's been good thank you marcus for writing the article thank you marcus Um, please go and have a read it's it's not that long it'll probably take you about 10 minutes to read it um depending on how fast you read of course but uh, it's good so john just one more thing before we go because we're coming to the end of our time um i there's a chance that we will play live music together soon
0: this is amazing i've heard these rumors about that are you thinking about getting the band back together scotty is this like a Blues well, Brothers moment?
1: Maybe not back together, but um, you know, together in the first place. No, uh, it's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, James Dempsey is going to be one of our speakers at um, NS Conference. And uh, when he's at conferences, he tends to do gigs, and he puts a band together called The Breakpoints from people there. And hopefully myself and John are going to be part of that band. Um, I'm not quite sure what instrument to play yet. I'm trying to decide between the triangle and the tambourine. <laughs> Um, and the, my are uh, my two top choices. Um, if I'm forced to, I might play the bass or the guitar, but we'll see. Mm. Um, in there. But uh, if you don't know about James, uh, he he was he worked for Apple for many years, and every year at Dub Dub for quite a long time. When did he start, John? Do you know when he started? I, he definitely was. He's in the early two thousands, but it might have been even before. No, that.
0: before he was there from the Web Objects era, so he's been there for a yeah, while. Yeah, but, but
1: doing a song. He oh right. a, At the end of his session, he would do a song, wouldn't he? About often about the session he'd just done. Uh, yeah. he would write a a. Yeah song about um the the, the uh, technicals technicals of the stuff that he'd uh, yeah. um just done and uh yeah he's got songs like i love view <laughs> and leaky code and model view controller reservation <laughs> model view controller um all those classics um that hopefully will be churned out from the ns conference stage at one of our party nights um uh, and with, with the band together of, uh, of people there so it's uh, i'm looking forward to it um it should be fun
0: and and hopefully, and this is a case where since it's not an Apple video, it can be made available right away.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure because uh, uh, you could. James has been for many years promising an album with this stuff, and last October he released an album called Backtrace, um, which you can buy on iTunes. I'll put a link in the show notes um, with, with studio versions of all these songs on, or, or most, lots of these songs on, which is great. So obviously, we don't want to do um, any, any copyright breaching or anything like that, but we will. We will hopefully do something where we can at least put snippets or, or whatever uh, i know there are um clips from other conferences where he's played but obviously you know we want to get the ns conference flavor and the experience in it. well is it there we is, are is, we, is, we will knock out some tunes john we will go back to our hippie roots is there is there any the
0: bandanas on. is there any truth to the rumor that that you're going to like pull an ozzy osborne and like bite off a bat's head or chicken's head and spit blood or you know be gene simmons from kiss and <laughs> You know, get a, an ex- I thought I might
1: take a huge bite out of a uh, chicken tikka masala. Yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> this is going to be spectacular. Worth <laughs> worth the price of admission alone.
1: Yes, I'm going to I'm going to go for some on-stage live curry eating. No, I don't. Really- <laughs> We will, we will see. Um, Yes. Okay. So, if you want to come and see a spectacular performance, uh, you're gonna have. It's only available to ns conference attendees. Still a couple of tickets left. Check us out on the ns conference website.
0: John, it's been great talking to you. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Findery as John Fox, and you can find me on the Twitter as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com.
1: And my name is Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You can find the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co, where you can also sign up to receive them by email. The best way to receive them, I assure you. And um, you can find NS Conference at nsconference.com if you still want to come and join us there for the last NS Conference of its type. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, you take care.